We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform. The Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same. And love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant, Pastor Wali Tejumade. Get ready for a transformation. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. And I did say to us that there is no better definition of faith compared to this one found in Hebrews 11 from verse number one. Theologians, bishops, everyone's been trying to find a definition for it. None still compares to this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you want to understand what that, give me that um, Hebrews 11, 1. Um, 11, 1 and 2 um, in Amplified Classic, if you may. So let's compare it in other version or other translation to fully understand what that word substance, you know, may mean. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Hebrews number 11 from verse number 1. It says, now faith is the assurance. Can you see now? It is what? It is the assurance that is the title deed. That is the confirmation of the things we hope for. So, faith is not, I'm promising you a car and you get the car, then you have faith. That's not what faith is. I have faith when God says to me, I'm giving you a car and I've not received the car. Follow me tonight. Are you all with me right now? Faith is God saying, I'm building you a house. And you don't wait till the foundation of the house is laid before you receive the house. Faith is God says, he's building me a house and I begin to rejoice in the fact that I've got a house. He says, faith is the assurance, the confirmation the title deed of the things we hope for, not of the things that we have received. So my faith is useless when God does that, which he says he's going to do. The proof that I've got faith is in me being able to believe in God. You said it, and I know it is settled. That is where faith is. So faith is predicated not on things that I've received not on something I've laid my hands upon, but actually on what I haven't seen. A word of prophecy came to you and says that this job you're applying for, you're going to get it. Faith is, the proof that you've got faith is in you believing that the job is already yours. So we don't test, we don't show proof that we are faithful or faith-filled when we receive that which God promised. Faith is, God said it, I believe it, and that is enough. So again, take a look at the screen. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see. Being what? Being the proof of things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality. 
Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So faith is, you're struck with a cancer or cancerous disease and God says, you know what? You are healed. Faith is believing and hoping against all hopes that that which God has said is done. Remember on Sunday during the Easter celebration service, I brought you a message that I actually did not title. How many of you noticed that I did not title my message on Sunday? You're nodding your head. Did you notice? I didn't title it. And I didn't title that message because I wasn't, I, I didn't know what title to give to it. So I just felt Easter service is enough. I shared with you three things. Three proofs of God's resurrection. Three things that his resurrection will do in you. Can you all remember? What was the first thing I said to you? It changed my position. Glory to God. You are taking a look at your note, but that's fine still. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Number two. Is what? Come again? Oh, confers the life of God. That's Zoe. Number three. Hope. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That hope that you are hoping in. The test of faith too is found in your faith. It says it is a substance of things. I, I, I think of late. There is a way God's been dealing with me. And that is just staying on on a verse of scripture and continue to expound on it. If I stay on this Hebrews 11 1 alone tonight, I will not be able to finish it. Given that Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, it may be message translation. Let's just see another translation. Please, can you kindly visit um, YouTube right now? Copy the link and um, share with your friends and your loved ones, please. And can somebody also post it? Maybe Minister Peace, please post it on the church group. If I can hear a sound as this teaching is going on, that will be great. Give me a sound. Just copy the link, share it in your, on your social media handles. I'm doing the same thing right now. Faith in God. If a man says they will do this to you, you can take that. Right? 
it's like the woman with Can you see that? It is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It is our handle on what we can't see. It is the act of faith. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, sets them above the crowd. And you will get to understand why I was watching. Why were the why was faith, or why did faith, or how did faith, you know, set apart the ancestors? When it talks about ancestors, it's not the ancestors in the village. It's talking about Abraham, Isaac, Moses, all of all those guys. Not the one in your hometown. Hallelujah. Just so you know. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So this is what said our ancestors, our fathers. It is what sets them apart. So faith is tested. Not when my hands have laid on, on the thing. Or not even when I begin to see the possibility of that thing becoming a reality. Please, come on now. Are you all with me tonight? Are you all with me tonight? Not when I see, okay, faith is not, God said, um, I'm going to be maritally set to this year. I will meet the man or the woman of my dreams. The man, after, the woman after God's heart. Faith is not three months down the line, Sister Sylvia then begins to look at my face. Then I now take that to say, yeah, that is the sign of what God was talking to me about. So yes, now I know I'm going to be maritally said to the this year. That's not faith. Faith is from the moment that word goes forth till you see the manifestation you believe that your marital attitude. And you see, this is how to walk with God. It can seem very foolish. That was why Amplified Classic says to you that it's not something that will reason out by our human senses. It can seem very foolish. And I'm going to get there. But it is faith. That which is foolishness unto man, it is faith unto God. When God gave Noah instruction to create an ark, to build an ark for him. What do you think Noah's friends, neighbors, fellow members of their communities, what do you think they will be saying concerning Noah? You don't think that they will say to Noah that you must have gone not because as of that period, there was no shadow. There was no, what do you call it now? The clouds were not dark. In any case, it took him several years even before he completed the ark. So that means that year one, it is possible down to year whatever, I can't remember how many years right now it took him to build the ark. There must be some of them who started with him to even have believed, yeah, Noah is a man of God. So if he says God said it, I just want to believe that truly God told him that. They would have dropped along the line. Listen, the word of God cannot be broken, kingdom influences. Lofty height, the word of God cannot be broken. And the word of God is very sacrosanct. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Please bring down the volume a little bit, the sound of the musical, just a little bit. Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God. Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God. Let's take a look at verse number 4 of the same Hebrews chapter number 11. I'm teaching on the doctrine of faith. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter number 6, the writer of Hebrew was very emphatic. 
It says doctrine of faith in God. If you don't have it, you cannot have a part in God. I told you when I took the message titled Faith Works. Faith is believing without any altar of doubt that God is God. That God exists and that God is good. I remember when I took the part one of that message, Faith Works, and by God's grace, this Sunday I'm going to be bringing in the part two. I said to you, because the Bible tells us without faith, it is impossible to please God. Meaning that what pleases God is not necessarily our love, except it is done as an act of faith. What pleases God is not our service in God's kingdom, except that service is done as an act of faith. What pleases God is not in how much tithe I'm giving, not in how much offering I'm giving, except I'm giving the offerings and I'm doing those things as an act of faith. It is when I do it as an act of faith that God is pleased. But when I give a tithe, when I give an offering, when I'm serving because I want pastor to see me, because I want pastor to, you know, pass accolade to me, or I just want to show forth to my fellow members in the church that yes, I'm serving in multiple units. You've lost the reward. But when your focus for serving is, this is God's business. God is my father and it behoves me to doing the things that I can do to pushing his kingdom to advance, then you can begin to say that you have faith. So what pleases God is the faith, the pistis, the conviction, the assurance that God is God and that without him there is no other God. The assurance that God is able to do and undo. The assurance that God owns and rules wholly in the affairs of men. That is faith church. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. This is because those who will come to him, they must believe that he exists. That he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So, when I pray unto God for certain things to be delivered to me, what that scripture is simply saying to you is that it will not be mat- it will not matter, you know, as such, how long I can stay praying, how much fasting I can do, but how much of faith that I have in God. The conviction of my faith will determine the level or the depth of God's response. But the more I continue to do the things that I'm doing, the more I continue to serve, the more I continue to pray. And I'm doing it with the assurance that there is a God in heaven who rules and reigns in the affairs of man. And that things that I'm doing, the prayer, the fasting, the seed sowing, I'm doing them unto God. The more God is pleased. The more God is pleased. God wants you to brag and boast in the fact that you know that he is God and that he exists. Your ancestors, that was how they laid hold on the things that God promised them. That was what made it possible for them to walk with God. I'm going to get there. They believed, not having laid hold on the... In fact, Bible tells us, it says, many of them died 
without laying hold on the things that God promised them. You see, this subject is not complex. It's just for you to just reckon that your life can never be independent of God. But rather, dependence on God. Verse number 4 now. Hebrews number 11, verse number 4. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a what? A more excellent sacrifice than Cain. In other words, faith is a determinant of the quality of our sacrifices. Faith is a determinant of the quality of our sacrifices unto God. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Why? Because he assumes, or he believes rather, that his God is worthy of much more, better quality of sacrifice than what his brother Cain was offering. He says, by that same act, by that same act, he says, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. With data on the doctrine of righteousness, you would all remember who is righteous in this dispensation, in this age, it is not in who is serving God the most. The best tither, the highest giver in church, it's no longer the most righteous. The prayer warrior is no longer the one, you know, that will be termed righteous in this New Testament, in this dispensation of grace. No. The, the quietest the one that would just walk into church and just, uh, even when pastor is greeting, hey pastor, oh, pastor, is not the most righteous. It's the word of God that, that tells us that. Righteousness is no longer by words. A child who accepts, a child who is of age, accepts and confesses the lordship of Jesus today. And the one who's been in the faith for many years, including Abraham, they carry same measure, same level of righteousness. They do what? They, there is no believer that is more righteous than another. Don't take me back to the doctrine of righteousness now. If you miss it, you need to go back to the teachings on YouTube. It is there, you'll find it. So, right now, with righteousness, what shows or what proves that we are righteous? It's in our faith. It's in our faith. Bible says, it says, God testifying of his gifts. No, from verse number B, it says, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. So, what made Noah, Abel rather, what made Abel, what made Abel righteous? Faith. Even though in those days, their, 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 their righteousness, you know, some of them were still doling it out, you know, by some of the things that they were doing. You want to walk very holy before God to be termed righteous. Then when you fall short, you go kill high animals or whatever thing, shed the blood to atone for your sins. And like I taught in the teaching, doctrine of righteousness, that was the quiet man, the, um, this guy, um, 
what do you call him? Job found himself. And you find many believers still playing the same card. Let's move on now. Verse number 5. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 5. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 5. Jasmine wants to preach with me tonight. Glory to God. Do you want to bring down the altar for me? I will give her another microphone. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 5. Take a look at it. These ones are called heroes of faith. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Enoch walked with God so much such that he did not die. Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. For before Enoch was taken, Enoch had this testimony. Wanting you to understand what made God to say Enoch, you know, was not going to die. What made God rather, you know, to take Enoch away? He says, before Enoch was, before Enoch, you know, was taken away, he says, so that he did not see that and was not found. Because God, had, before God, you know, because God had taken him, he says, for before he was taken, he had this testimony. He did not say before he died. Enoch had this testimony. What was the testimony? He had this testimony that he pleased God. Can you see that? He had this testimony that he pleased God. Then verse number 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Meaning that the reason why it is accounted concerning Enoch that he pleased God was simply because he walked in faith. Are we all together tonight? Are we all together tonight? So the way to pleasing God is to have him faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Give me Hebrews 11.6 in Amplified Classic Version. You watch it. I've taught you how to compare versions, right? It helps your understanding. Okay? If you read it first and you want to go deeper, do a comparative analysis, okay? Take a look at Amplified Classic Version of Hebrews 11.6 now. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. Or do you want to go back? Go back from verse number 12. Let's read from that Enoch's case. Let's read that completely. From verse number 5, sorry. From verse number 5, thank you. He says, because of faith, Enoch was cut up and transferred to heaven. So that he did not have a glimpse of death. And he was not found. Because God had translated him. For even before he was taken to heaven, he received testimony, which is still on record, that he had pleased and been satisfactory to God. In other words, God had taken a look at Enoch and had given him pass marks. You've done excellently well, my son. Look at the next verse now. He says, but without faith, those pass marks that Enoch got, Enoch wouldn't have been able to get them. Are we all together tonight, church? He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists. 
and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. So the reason why Enoch was not, was not because of anything. It was simply because Enoch, God was satisfied in Enoch. Then the writer says to you that there is a way to be satisfied, that God can be satisfied about someone. It is by faith. Then verse number 7. He says, by faith, this is another faith testament now. He says, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, what did he do? He moved with godly fear. Listen, you've heard me say this before and I'm going to repeat it yet again. Any faith that is without action is a useless faith. The proof that you have faith is not just in God said it, I believe it. Faith doesn't start and stop at God said it, I believe it. Faith starts at God said it, I believe it, then stops at what you need to do to seeing the reality of what God has said to you come to pass. So, faith is you study in the word, you are in church, a word of knowledge came forth, a word of prophecy, you land in a job in three weeks. If you don't apply for the job, you will never get it. The Lord is visiting you with the fruit of the womb. If you allow the devil to continually cause rift between you and your spouse, you will never carry the baby. Not because God hasn't said it, but because you've not imputed your own action. Listen, any faith that makes God absolutely responsible for the outcome you desire, it's an irresponsible faith. Let me repeat it. Any faith that makes God absolutely and totally responsible for the outcome that you desire. It is an irresponsible faith. You want to hear one more time? Any faith that makes God absolutely and wholly responsible for the outcome that you desire, it is an irresponsible faith. When God spoke to Abraham and says, go to the land I'm going to show you, and he should keep moving. Abraham didn't stay in his father's house. Abraham left. When God gave Abraham the word and said to Abraham, you know, to go sacrifice his son Isaac, Abraham didn't stay back at home. Abraham followed suit. One of the proofs that you've got faith is in your attendant action to the instruction of the Lord. One of the proofs that you are faith-filled is in the action or actions that you take as a result of the word that has gone forth. Do you understand now? Do you understand? It says, Noah, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, what did he do? He moved with godly faith. In other words, Noah accompanied that instruction, that faith in God. He accompanied it with godly fear. He swung into action. The Lord spoke to me in the year 2014, April 4th, 2014. Say so now your time over here is done. I'm leading you to another land. You and your household. Now get going and I will show you. I didn't know where he was leading me to. But he had, I had a conversation with God. I've shared the testimony with you all many times. Right? 
And I then began to inquire, what do I need to do, you know, to move in out of this place? God, when he spoke to me, he did not tell me I'm leading you to Canada. He didn't give me any nation. He didn't give me any city. He didn't give me any whatever. He just told me, now your daughter Hadassah is here. That was Hadassah's name in ceremony day. Now your daughter Hadassah is here. I'm leading you out of this land onto another land. I received that word because I knew that it was God speaking. And then I began to call people and to inquire. Where can I do a postgraduate program or a master's program abroad? But God, so good in his mercy, what he did for me was, my, the very first person I called, who was my prodigy, you know, he may actually even be watching right now, Ereza, Ereze, right? He was the one who told me, say, coach, Canada is doing this permanent residency. They just started. Maybe you should try that. That was what led me to this nation. See, after me, faith moves with actions. The proof that you've got faith is shown in your attendant action. The actions that proceed or that, that go, that, that, that um, is that proceed now? No, not proceed now. The actions that go after the word that you have received. But you know the problem many believers have, again, don't miss the teaching titled trial of faith. I'll teach that upper Sunday if Jesus tires. It will bless, it will be classic. Then the last Sunday of this month, I'll teach you the message titled The Sovereignty of God. You know the problem many people have? I wasn't the only one that God's given instruction to to live where I was and to move. Many, even though they knew that it was God, you know what they were doing? They were expecting validations from people who were faithless. Opening your mouth and revealing and unveiling to others that which God has spoken to you about. So they go, ah. Oh. You don't want to travel. What will become of your profession? Your children? Ah, in that place. Ah, hey. You watch the you watch dead body. Oh. There is nothing to do. You'll be a gate man there. Now, I'm speaking to you all about days where there was no such word as Jaqba. But I moved. You know what God told me in my study this afternoon? Just this afternoon. And I'm going to emphasize this again on Sunday. How much we can run by faith is highly dependent on our ability to hear in God's voice. In other words, inability to know when God is speaking, to hearing God's voice, it will affect dastardly your faith walk. Did you hear what I said now? Your inability to hearing God's voice will affect very terribly your faith walk. So when God spoke to me, I wasn't tabling it. I didn't post it online. In those days anyways, even all the social medias, you know, were not this pronounced. I didn't have to be seeking counsels from people that I know have no capacity or ability to hear in God's voice. The Lord spoken to you concerning certain things you should be doing with your life. The reason why you've held back from those things is because you've presented the same matters to people who cannot discern God's voice. 
They cannot discern God's voice. Instead, they will judge that which God has spoken to you about. They will judge it against the testimony of their own life. So if they have failed at that thing God is asking you to do before, they will tell you, you know, don't try it. You know, you'll fail. You know, you know, I, I, you know, I was like you three years ago. I did the same thing. I have a practice. It's one of the things I teach you all in church. I think one of the things, you know, that, that I love about this ministry, it is the emphasis, the teachings on hearing God's voice. And since this ministry started every year, I do a series on that. Your faith walk is useless if you cannot hear God's voice. Your faith will turn into fear. Abraham moved. Noah moved. Abel moved because they knew it was God. John chapter number 10 from verse number 10. My sheep hears my voice. He says when the shepherd of the sheep come into the fold. The sheep hears the voice of the shepherd. He says the voice of a stranger they will not hack into. So when you begin to seek counsel on divine instructions from people who have, who have no capacity to hearing God's voice, you're already setting up yourself for doom. All I did was to call my spiritual father, Prophet I. Matthew, and I put a call through to him. I said, God is speaking to me about this and this and that. So, well, say, let us pray. And we prayed. And he said to me, he said, God said he was the one who spoke to you and he was the one leading you. It was foolish. With all sense of modesty, I have no economic reason to wanting to leave Nigeria. I was running my own consulting firm. I was an employ employer. Some of my staff, I still have them till today. Consulting for big organizations back then. My children were attending the best of schools. My wife, Lady T, in case you don't know, she was an assistant manager with the parasitical of the legacy government, like a province of Saskatchewan. Well placed. We had no reason. In fact, let me shock you in case you've not heard me share this before. We lost friends. I lost friends because I chose to follow God's instructions. Because friends reached out to me and said, why would you do that? There is nothing that you have a thriving career. You have a thriving business. Your children, they are fine. This, why would you want to leave? But should I shock you right now? All those ones, all of them, including the friends that fought me in 2014 because I chose to follow God's instruction. Should I shock you? They've all left Nigeria. Not one of them is left. I stand on the Lord's altar, I kid you not. It's a pity my wife is not here. She would have told you. All of them, Macaulay and Amar, when God told Noah, gave Noah instruction to build the ark, they were making mockery of him. At the end of the day, when what that which God said was going to come to pass, what happened? Bible tells you of the ones that were that were saved, the ones that were kept alive. Noah, Noah's sons, Noah's sons' wives, Noah's wives, and animals, because those were the ones that were foolish enough to follow in God. Did you know that you can move on an instruction 
that you believe God is the one leading you. You can move on that, on that one instruction by faith. You can move on it by faith, thinking it was God. And maybe, maybe it's your mind leading you. But did you know that because you moved, thinking it was God leading you, did you know God is going to back you? Oh, you don't know that. That is not a license to be foolish. Your responsibility when God speaks to you and you're not certain what God is saying to you is you table that instruction God's given to you, you table it with others. Those who have the capacity to hear in God's voice, tell them, God spoke to me about X and Y. Please pray along with me. Many a times I've had people come to me and they tell me, um, um, God is leading me out of the city. Or God is asking me to change my job. They're not seeking my opinion. They've already framed it. These are people that I pastor. So then you come to me and you say, God said. So you expect me to say, God did not say. I wouldn't say that. You'd have to flow with it. But there is a way to judge that voice in case you do not know. Let people in whom that there is fear of God, who have the ability to hear in God, let them join you in prayers on it. Bible says, in the multitudes of counsels, Bible says there is safety. That is godly counsel, no, not foolish counsel. So every faith, every faith, I mean action, goes after, runs after every act of faith. Do you want to put that down? Actions run after every act of faith. Actions run after every act of faith. I read a story some time ago. I don't know how true that story was. It was a church service, a church meeting. So the meeting was on and I think maybe a word of knowledge came or something came out, you know, and all of that. And the, um, I think the, maybe the pastor or the lead, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for utterance. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Thank you. So this prophet came, you know, and um, in a church setting as this, then prophesied, or so I read, you know, that tomorrow it was going to rain. And the meeting was going to also be held the, that, that same day. Guess what? That story that I read says, of all the people that attended the meeting before, only a small boy showed up the following day with an umbrella. That was the boy that had faith. I think maybe the preacher was teaching on faith and wanted to test the audience. So they asked him, why are you going to church? He said, because the preacher says that it's going to rain. If you cannot discern God's voice, your faith walk will be tough. And every faith act must be accompanied with actions. How someone is getting blessed here tonight. Let's move on very quickly. So he says, verse number 7 again, But faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, what did he do? He moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. 
Can you see that yet again? Noah earned his righteousness by an act of faith. Verse number 8. It tells us about Abraham now. Verse number 8. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. Listen, you cannot also severe obedience from faith. Did you hear me? You cannot also severe obedience from faith. Because you need to take actions and if you will be taking the actions indeed, he must be motivated by obedience. Did you know that you lose your reward for the faith endeavor when you slow paced on your obedience? Do you know that? Let me give you an example. The Lord says, pick a phone. Or pray, the Lord lays it upon your heart. Take for example, maybe today, pray for X and Y. And maybe the Lord didn't even tell you specifically what to pray for, but you just feel a burden in your spirit to pray for this person. And you refuse to do anything about it. Then the following day, you heard the person had an accident. Things like that have happened multiple times. Or the Lord is asking you to dip your hand into your pocket and give money to someone. The person hadn't asked you for the money yet, but the Lord had warned you aforehand and say, bless this person. Please turn on the phone for me a little bit. Say, but the Lord had warned you aforehand and the Lord had said to you, bless peace, the queer. I'm not, I'm not, anyways, you're not even the queer again, so I'm not giving you money. If you like, look at me much more than that. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. I'm not giving peace a mirror giver. That would have been valid. And I thank God I didn't see that piece of more give us the one I'm if not I would because I'm standing on the altar now I would have been compelled to bless you maybe you did not pray well go and pray more <laughs> hallelujah glory to Jesus so the Lord says to you bless X and Y with hundred dollars maybe in church the person didn't ask you for money and you didn't obey that instruction then maybe a few moments afterward or few hours or few days afterward the person that comes to you and says please Mr. Savior, could you please bless me with $100? If you're a man that has a heart for God, you'll be convicted. Because that person shouldn't have walked up to you to making that demand if you had obeyed God. Let me tell you, even if you then end up doing that thing as at then, you'll lose the reward. And this is scriptural. Did you know partial obedience is no obedience? You either obey God or you don't obey. Delayed obedience is not obedience. What led, church, what led to the fall of Saul was disobedience, which he did not consider as disobedience. The Lord said, go after the Amalek and destroy everything, plunder everything. He got in there. He found a precious item. He kept it. I, I've done a teaching on this before. Did you know he didn't keep that thing for himself? He kept it in the hope that that thing was too precious to be destroyed. That he was going to use it as a sacrifice unto God. Until someone showed up. Don't you know that obedience is better than sacrifice? You all say obedience is better than sacrifice now. Many people don't understand the foundation or the basis of that, of that, of, of, of that phrase. 
So you obey. So Abraham, Noah, rather, we found that Noah obeyed. By faith, Abraham, we found that he obeyed. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place which he would receive as an inheritance. Bible says, and he went out. Can you see it again? When the instructions come, there would always be a corresponding action. Now, pay attention to this. Pay attention to this, church. Pay attention to this. God said is different from God said now. God said, give Sylvia $500. If you like, say me one million or one times. <laughs> okay? It does not mean God said, do it now. When you receive an instruction from the Lord, one of the things you need to be super sensitive of is the timing for the execution of that instruction. Did you know God can speak to you concerning a situation right now? And that situation was only revealed to you now for knowledge purpose, information purpose. Your action is not required. You know where many believers miss it? The Lord has spoken to me that he's going to change my job. So I get a job the following day and I drop my resignation letter. The Lord says I should leave the country and I then begin to pack my bags and I then begin to leave. You must be like the sons of Issachar, Bible says, that they have understanding of times and seasons. Did you know that even if you're in a relationship, to the time and the season you want to get married, did you know you're supposed to pray on it? Lord, when would you have us consummate this relationship? Such that you are not moved by whims and caprice. Every detail concerning your work, concerning the relationship, you are asking God specific questions on them. When God spoke to me, take for example, for lofty heights to start. I didn't know when. As a matter of fact, I wanted to delay the takeoff of lofty heights Christian center in 2018. God spoke to me October of 2017. Even though since, you know, earlier in the year, people have been receiving messages, but God hadn't spoken to me specifically, that he had sent me here to plant a church or to raise the people for him. So when the word came in 2017, my thought was, towards the end of the year 2018, maybe something would happen. Then he asked me to reach out to Reverend Victor Adeyemi, whom I ended up reaching out to, and he said, I was in Lagos, January of 2018. And he said, I should come to church. I thought he just wanted to see me. In full glare of service, that video is on our YouTube channel. In fact, it's the first video on our YouTube channel. If you scroll down, the very first video in this church on YouTube, that's the video you'll find. In the full glare of all the parishioners, he called me forth. Asked me to kneel down with one other of his guest ministers. And he poured oil on me and he said to me, he's doing this because he has a witness in his spirit that that which God would have me do is now. So there have also been times people will come to me and say, God told me this. And sometimes, you know, I search my spirit. I do not doubt that God is telling them to do it, maybe to start a business. But I've had instances where the timing wasn't right. And I would say, you know what? 
I'm not in doubt that God is asking you to embark on this thing or to start this business or to do this or to do that. But I perceive in my spirit that God may have you wait a little. You know one of the reasons why I say that sometimes? Because God does not disgrace any man. If any man is disgraced, the man digs or the pit of disgrace for himself. When God gives you an instruction, he also capacitates you for it. See this son of mine in the gospel, Timmy Lane. God can do anything. Okay? Then he wakes up tomorrow. He reached out to me and says, God is asking him to go start a church. And he wants to start next week. Amen? 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 I pray. But in my little walk with God, it is not likely that God would have him start that quick. Listen, some of God's instructions that will come your way, they don't require haste. Many times we'll run too fast. Yes, the king's instruction must be accompanied by haste, but not every time. He will be set up for failure if God speaks to him today. And it says that church, he wants to start it next week. What time does he have to even think through what God has told him? What time does he have to even pray through what God has told him? What time does he have to even seek counsels as to what God has told him? Do you understand what I'm saying now? Do you understand what I'm saying? So, <coughs> when God gives you an instruction, one of the things you need to sort out is when. God says, go take this exam. Ask when. And when the time is right, there would always be a sign. At least in my own personal life, I know. The sign is, I will not struggle for one thing. If I want to buy a car, and I begin to struggle on it, many times, I take that to mean, God is asking me to just slow down. And I've seen that work in my life many times. God will never disgrace a man. He doesn't set you man up for failure. We read, when was it that I was, okay, it was during the academy that I was teaching and I was saying, God gave one five. He gave one three. Is it three or two now? Then he gave one one. Bible says he gave each one according to each one's ability. The giver of the gift knows what you will do with whatever thing is given to you. Bible says, and he went out, that's Abraham, not knowing where he was going. By faith, Abraham again dwelt in the land of promise, that's verse number 9, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tent with Isaac and Jacob, their heirs with him of the same promise. Dwelling in tent. He left his father's house. I want to bring out a lesson here. I'm teaching you the doctrine of faith. Ability to following God even when it does not make sense. Now, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. What was he doing? Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Those were his sons. He left his own house, the comfort of his own house, to be dwelling in tents with his sons. Listen, 
the journey of faith or faith work sometimes may bring about some level of discomfort. <laughs> that God spoke, you obey, does not mean that it's going to be a smooth sailor. And did you hear me? Did you hear me? That God said, move. And you choose to move. Does not mean it's going to be a smooth sail. Let me use my case yet again as an example. When I eventually landed in this land, did you know, I've shared it with some of you before, in 2017, I almost went back to Nigeria. Because I was frustrated. What was I doing? Just sitting down. No, I was going back. I was applying for jobs and I was not getting the jobs. All I needed was for God to just say yes to me. I'd rather go back to my home country, right? Be making money there, sending to my family and be coming here and checking up on them. In any case, that was my initial desire, my initial arrangement when I was coming. Oh, you, you all have not heard that part before. Okay, so let me say it to you. We are live, right? When I left Nigeria to come here, ask my wife, she will tell you, the intention was not to stay in this country. You know why I share that part? Such that you would also understand how God works. And keep in mind, when God told me in 2014 to move, he did not tell me you will pastor a church in this city or in this nation. He didn't tell me you will raise the people for me. He did not tell me. He told all that, but he hid that from me. God knows, and I stand on God's altar. If the Lord has given me that as part of the instruction in 2014, I perhaps will not be here. Because with my sense, human sense and human reasoning, I perhaps would want to remain in Nigeria. And I would beg, Lord, that if it is to raise a people, I can also do it in Nigeria. Let me stay there. So faithful work sometimes can come with some form of discomfort. It's part of the things I will teach in trial of faith. The Lord, you heard the Lord clearly. The Lord says, that is your wife. And then she's forming hard to get. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Do you guys want to check this main camera? It's flashing me. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Then she's there forming hard to get. The Lord says, you will become a medical doctor and you will graduate with degree or I don't know what they call that certificate right now. Maybe MBHS or MBHHS or something like that. Right? But yet, you are struggling academically. You would have expected, oh Lord, you know I don't want to do medicine. You were the one who asked me to do medicine. And then you would have been rejoicing and it would have been smooth sail. No. No. Listen, the ways of God are not always like this. You know, someone will come in here right now, see this church, and I have friends, pastor friends, glory to God for their lives, who reach out to me and ask me, how do I do what I do and all of that? They will not understand when I was laboring over six souls. And when I cared less what was in your pocket, even till now, 
where I would have Samuel Iregbu, Belema Ayonodu, Oken Ayonodu. Those were my prodigies, my disciples. They would tell you, if you're here, six, seven, eight, ten of us. Church, I stand before God and I kid you not. The favor with which I was teaching them is not different from the favor with which I teach over under people on Sundays. He who is faithful in little, more will be committed into his hand. So that, that, that it is of God does not mean it's going to be a smooth sail. The joy that you have, the faith is just remembering, well, God said it. And I know he's able to do that. In Acts, in the book of Acts, chapter number 21 down, downward, we read about the story of Paul, Apostle Paul. When Agabus picked the belt and says, who owns this belt? They said it belongs to Brother Paul. And Agabus said, bound the belt. And says, whoever owns this belt, the way I'm binding this belt right now, this is the way the owner of this belt will be bound. Bible says they all began to prevail on Paul. And said, Brother Paul, please don't proceed. He wanted to journey to Rome. Bible says Paul got up and says, why are you weeping for my sake? Why are you crying for me? He says, is it not better for me to be bound for the sake of the gospel of Christ than to be freed? Then Paul began to sail. Then the ship which he was in almost capsized. As a matter of fact, they jettisoned. To jettison is to throw overboard, you know, items on that this thing. All of them about that ship, none of them could eat anything. It was only Paul whose heart was at rest. He was the one who calmed all of them down. And said, you know what, guys? Don't worry. The Lord spoke to me last night through his angel. He said to me that the same way this journey is been, is the same way, I mean, the same way I'm going, is the same way I'm going to be witnessing to God in Rome. He hadn't gotten to Rome, but God had given him a vision of Rome. Can I compare that a little bit for you? The Lord has shown you revelations that you carry your own children, but yet, you don't have the physical baby. That picture which God has shown you is enough proof to rejoice at your current state. You are not yet a graduate in school. But you've seen once, maybe by vision of the night, you've seen yourself wearing your graduation gown. You saw yourself being shaken and shaken, you know, mounting the rostrum, you know, and, you know, your name being called. But yet you're struggling in your academics. That's one of the ways God speaks. That's faith. Because that picture he has given you, if you would hold on to it, he will bring it to pass. Did you know I saw myself in this land before I landed here in person? So the faith walk is not always smooth. You need to be assured of that. Whatever I stop tonight will continue next week by God's grace. I hope someone is getting blessed. Come on, celebrate Jesus. Verse 10 says, Hebrews 9 verse 10. Hebrews, sorry, 11 verse 10. It says, for Abraham waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Let's move on. Verse number 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child 
by faith. When she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. So some would have read to say that in Genesis, in Genesis, when God spoke to Sarah and said Sarah was going to be a child, you would have heard the Bible say to you that Sarah laughed. You, you read that, right? But see the account of the writer of the book of Hebrew. She actually had faith. Verse number 12. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand, which is the seashore. Verse number 13. I want to dwell on this a little bit. I hope I'm able to, you know, finish it. If I do not finish it, we'll continue next week. But I want you to please pay attention. If you're watching online, I want to tell you this is not the season, you know, to be multitasking. Get your pen, your paper, and stay glued to your TV. Verse number 13. I would want this verse number 13 read in easy version. Media, are you able to give me an easy version? You can get it from website and just display it somewhat. But let me read it in NKJV verse first. Verse number 13 of Hebrews 11. It says, These all died in faith. Who are the these? Talk to me now, church. Who are the these? Somebody says the ancestors. <laughs> yes, you're right. The ancestors, that's Noah, Abel, Abraham, all of them, these all died in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them from afar, were assured of them, number one. Underline that in your Bible, number one. Assured of them. Number two, embraced them. Number three, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Hold on there. They died not having received the promise. In other words, you can be faithful in certain things and actually receive it. When I say not receive it, I mean in your lifetime. Take for example, reading Christian Church of God. Founded by um, Josiah Akindayomi. God would have told Josiah Akindayomi that, that if I, not that God would have, God did. Because I've read many, you know, books on the foundations and the history of RCCG. I was a minister there before, so I know. God had told him that that church, the redeemed Christian church of God, would have branches in every nation of the earth. He died without seeing that vision fulfilled. Yet, the fact that he died doesn't stop God's vision from being fulfilled. That vision is now being fulfilled by Pastor Enoch Adejari Adeboye. Now, Enoch Adejari Adeboye himself has received several other visions of the Lord concerning the same ministry. He may not see the manifestation in his own lifetime. Did you know that some of you are living the promises that God made to your forefathers? Your foremothers. Did you know that? This all died in the faith. All of them died in the faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. What does having seen them afar off mean? Let's take a pause on that a little bit. Having seen them afar off. Go back to the scripture, please. Having seen them afar off. It says, number one, we're assured of them. They believed it. Number two, they embraced those words. 
Then number three, they confessed them. Not having received the promise, but were assured of them. Listen, in case you do not know, man has three eyes. Yeah, as you are looking at me right now, huh? look at me everyone, you have three eyes. You have what is called the physical or biological eye, Around which you can see me. Forget the fact that some of us have spectacles, which makes it fall. That's not where I'm going. And if you're watching online, you're seeing me right now by the power of technology, by your physical eye or your biological eye. Then there is also something called eyes of the mind. Eyes of the mind. That's creative ability, ability to see into, to, to creatively, you don't have to be a believer to have this. Ability to imagining things from the depth, from your mind state, your soul state. You know, some of you that are single, you perhaps would have dreamt and imagined, you know, about your fairy tale wedding. That was an eye, you saw it. Some of you have very vivid imagination. You can imagine your house. You can imagine how big it is. You can imagine the car you are driving. You can imagine yourself opening your car garage. You can imagine your children, you know, welcoming you or your pets being around you. That eyes of the mind. It sees also into the future. It's the creative ability from the depth of the soul of a man to imagining and creating things. If it is compelling enough, and the man is willing to work on it, the man's physical eye would eventually behold his, his, his eyes of the mind. That's why many speakers will say to you that whatever your mind can conceive, you can achieve. As a matter of fact, even in the faith, before you can see it manifest, you need to first imagine it. One of the ways to triumph in over situations of life, take for example, you have an exam you want to write and it's proven tough, it's for you to imagine yourself passing that exam and begin to walk in it. That's the second kind of eye. Then you have the third one. It's called the eyes of the spirit or the eyes of faith. It says not having received the promises. Hallelujah. But they saw them from afar off. Can you please display my scripture? He says, this all died. Not having received the promises, but having seen them from afar off. How did they see them? They saw them with the eyes of faith. The eyes of faith or the eyes of the spirit is the eye that leads you into God's divine purpose and God's plans for your destiny. The eyes of faith is the eye with which you read the Bible. That is what translates things from the realms of the spirit from the Lord into your life, into your destiny. It is by the eyes of faith you can shut your eyes, your physical eye, off all the nonsense going on around you and say, God has said it, I believe it, and that settles it. So there is the eyes of the mind, there is the eyes of the spirit or the eyes of faith, then there is the physical eye. Listen, the least of all those eyes, it's actually the physical eye. I don't want to digress. I hope you all are getting blessed. I think I deserve an honorarium for tonight's teaching. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. So I will receive your prophet offering after now, including those of you watching me online. 
Because if I go elsewhere to go teach this that I'm teaching now, I will live with thousands of dollars. Hallelujah, glory to God. The least of those three eyes are it's the physical eye. You know the sad thing about life? Many people only use or have the physical eye. The eyes of the mind is blind or not clear. Then the eyes of the spirit is totally blind or not clear. What determines how high you will levitate or you will grow in life? It's not the physical eye. It is by the eyes of the mind and the eyes of the spirit. Because if that were not true, those who are physically impaired or physically disadvantaged or differently disadvantaged physically by sight, huh? their life should have been zero. But you and I know many of them who are thriving despite the physical challenges that they have. The least of those three kinds of eyes, it's the eyes of the body, the, the physical eye. These guys, they saw with the eyes of the spirit. You see, you must work with God enough that your physical eye, you know, I mean your spiritual eye rather, you know, is being sharpened day after day. And that's one of the things working in the spirit does for you. It sharpens and emboldens your eyes of the spirit. You are able to picture things. And as you are seeing it, you know that you will see the physical manifestation. But if you limit it to just the physical eye, you will not be able to. James chapter number one. James chapter number one. Okay, give me the easy version. Let's see the easy version. Before I go to James verse number one. Thank you. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Take a look at what the easy version says. It says all these people continue to believe God until they died. He says, but they did not receive all the things that God had promised to give them. Can you see? But they did not receive all the things that God had promised to give them. Why? Bible says, they were like people who saw those things far away. And that made them happy. These people understood that they lived as strangers and travelers on the earth. Hold on, take a pause. Let me go back to the eyes of the mind, the eyes of the spirit, and the physical eyes yet again. You know, in James chapter number 1, from verse number 21, James chapter number 1, from verse number 21, I did a teaching on that um, maybe like two or three Sundays ago when I took the message titled um, Walking on the Word. You need to head on to YouTube or to, um, I want to say Superstore. Please don't go to Superstore. What do you call it? Play Store or Apple Play or whatever you call that Apple thing. Go and watch it or go and listen to it. Eh? I made an analogy using a full-length mirror. We all beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. We are being transfigured from one level of glory to another. And the writer also tells us what the glory of the Lord, how we behold the glory of the Lord. He says the glory of the Lord is in the word of the Lord. It's from his word that we behold his glory. Then James 1.25 says, Now lay aside all filthiness. Lay aside all filthiness and things that stand in the way. He says, and receive this engrafted word. He says, which is able to save your soul. That's not where I'm going. Then the next verse, verse number 22 then says, he says, but he 
who looks, take a look at me now. He says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. That's the word of the law. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continued therein and does what he says. What will happen to the man? Take a look at it. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The one who took a look at God's word does what the word says. Does not forget what the word says. Bible says that man will be blessed. Reference. Psalms 1, 1 to 3. Reference. Joshua chapter number 1, verse number 8. Go read them. Look at the next verse now. Verse number 26. Take a look at what it says to you. If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but he sees his own heart, this one's religion is useless. The one who looks into the perfect law of liberty does what it says. Go back to verse number 24 for me. Let me see verse number 24. Glory to God. Go back to verse number 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. What happens to him? Verse number 24. He observes himself. He goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. One side. I love, I think it was Amplified Classic. I read it to you all that Sunday. He says, the one that takes a peep. Was it message? He says, but the one that takes a peep into the perfect law of liberty. He says, catches a glimpse. glimpse. Either take a peep or, that was when I was, you all are looking at me. You mean you've forgotten so soon? I touched this just three Sundays ago. You know why you all are looking at me now? You know why? Because you only listen to sermon once when you are in church. You don't go back to listen again. I'm not happy. You are done. I'm no longer your pastor, all of you, including all of you watching online. We are rise up. Let's take the closing charge, everybody. There is a way to make me happy. Proof that my labors in teaching you God's word is firm. When you come to church on Sunday and you hear God's word, during the week, compulsion yourself to listen to the same word again. That's how to grow. All this that I'm teaching you right now, you cannot fully internalize these words right now until you go back home to go listen to them again. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah, glory to God. Some of you were scared. So pastor is just going to terminate the service like that. No, I'm nicer than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, glory to God. So he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that was when I was teaching you about take a, um, pick a boo the word. You remember me saying something like that? Pick a boo the word. Not even looking so intently yet again. Just take a look at a little. What does the word say? Catch it with the corner of your eye. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. And I think it was message translation. It was catch it with the corner of your eye. It says, he who catches the word of God with the corner of his eyes and does what he says and is not a forgetful hearer. He says, that one will be blessed. So, that was how they saw 
And that was what I was trying to break down to you. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but they saw them from afar off. Take a look at the next verse now. Verse number, I mean the next, in easy version, the same verse, verse number 13 and 14. Give me 13. In easy version. Wow. Even this message translation is deep. But let's see easy. Because I studied with that. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Okay, you don't have that yet? Okay, now. It says, verse number 13. Let me read that 13 again. It says, this all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They were assured of them. They embraced them and confessed. I explained to you how they saw it. They saw it with the eyes of the Spirit. Listen, you cannot catch the truth in God's word with the eyes of your, eye, your, your physical eye, not even with the eyes of your mind. You will catch it with the eyes of your spirit. When that receives it, then the eyes of your mind can then interpret it. You get what I'm saying now? Now, it says that there were strangers. What version is this now? Easy? Okay now. It says, all these people continue to believe God until they died. But they did not receive all the things that God had promised to give them. He says, they were like people who saw those things far away. That made them happy. He says, these people understood that they lived as strangers and travelers on the earth. And it is on that note, I want to end the session tonight. These people did what? They understood that they were strangers and travelers on the earth. Pay attention to this. Please look at me, everybody. This is very profound. The Lord ministered it to my spirit during my study. And I want to share. I'm trusting God for ability to communicate in it well. Give me that scripture again. That made them happy. These people understood that they lived as strangers and travelers on the earth. You know what God said to me? If you are too earthly conscious, if you take the fears of this earth too much to heart, it will affect your faith walk. You will not be able to walk with God by faith. You know why these guys died not having received all the promises? Because they knew that that earth which they were, they were joining, was not their home. Is that too deep now? Come on now. Is that too deep? They, they, they knew it was not home. That was one of the reasons why they could lay hold. I'm saying it to say that if you take the affairs of this world, this earth, if you take it too much to heart, you will not be able to make much proof of your faith work. If you're too concerned about earthly possessions, things you can get on this divide, you will not be able to make the most of your faith work. You know the truth? Those guys, Enoch, Abel, Noah, all of all those guys, they received the promises, not all the promises even, but they had faith because they knew that their time on earth was temporal. When you begin to carry on to art, the affairs of this world too much. One of the things he does is that he begins to cause you to be checkmating your success 
against your material acquisitions and possessions. But the Bible teaches that a man's life, the success of a man's life, does not consist in the abundance of the things the man possesses. Listen. Desire for material acquisitions and acting as though this is your eternal home is the reason why many people are faithless. Except you trust that you're on a journey on this part, this terrestrial world. You're right, that you're on a journey and this place is not the home for you. It will be tough to make the most of your work with God. You know one of the reasons? You will be judging God's blessings on your life based on the things your eyes can see. Oh Jesus, is that too deep? Come on, rise up on your feet tonight. I don't like that look you guys gave me. Was that too deep? I would help you gain clarity. Let me see if those watching online are getting it. Uh-huh. Somebody got it. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Give me that same version that I just read. Give me in NKJV and give me the next verse. And then I would help you understanding a little bit more. Give me an NKJV. I just want you to just gain something. Now, you see, those fathers of faith, those men of old, they received those things, not all the things they were promised them, but they saw them from afar. And they believed. They had faith in God. It was accounted unto them for righteousness. And I explained to you how they saw those things. Not with their physical eye. Because this physical eye, it's the most limited of all the sense of, of their eyes that you can have. In fact, the one that sees father the most, it's the eyes of the spirit, not even the eyes of the mind. Because the spirit can get glimpse into eternity. Your physical eye can never see beyond this. As I am here right now, I, I don't know what's going on in that uh, media room, if not for the window there. People are watching me online right now. I don't know what is going on in their home. But when the Lord opens the eyes of my spirit, I can tell what someone is doing in their home. You get what I'm saying now? You get what I'm saying now? Don't forget too that as a New Testament believer, you are not being led by your mind. Because God does not lead us through our minds. Our minds cannot speak to us as a New Testament believer. God leads us by his spirit. His spirit speaks to our spirit, not our minds. The realm where the confusion comes from, it is when you receive God's word and you want to be using your human mind to be interpreting them. It's a spirit to spirit. There is a message on YouTube, you go watch it, training the human spirit. It will bless your life. You would understand how God speaks. So they saw it with the eyes of the spirit. That has the capacity and the propensity to see further into eternity than the eyes of the mind can see and that the eyes of the physical can even see. So as a believer, when you catch it with the eyes of the spirit, what happens to you is that you take that which God has shown you in the realms of the spirit. You interpret it. Your eyes of the mind can then enlarge it. Can then picture it. You get what I'm saying? That's the reason why the Bible tells that a believer should walk by faith, not by sight. So that's on one side. Then the second side, the reason why those ancestors, they became who they became, was simply because they knew that this earth where they journeyed, Abraham, Adam, all of all those guys, they knew it was temporal. 
Take a look at the script. He says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them from afar. They were assured of them, they embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. In other words, it really didn't matter to them if they laid hold on it, on this earth or not. They knew that God was going to do that which he said he was going to do. If your concerns, uh, if your concerns uh, are too rigid and too limited to this earth, your faith walk will be so checkered. That will be the reason why you pray for someone who is sick on the sick bed, and the person will eventually die, and you will say you want to lose your faith in God because they died. You know why you can be thinking that way? Because you're, you're believing that the, your life starts and ends on this side. That's the reason why you can go apply for a job. You'll pray, you'll fast, you'll do everything you know you can do. Yet you didn't get it, and you begin to query. Ah, so now, so, so then, what's the essence of even serving God? Ah, what, what, what's the essence of? And I sowed the seed, and, and I even went to meet Peter to pray for me, and he gave me a word. After all, God does not even listen to him. But if you know that this place is not the home, you would know that God does whatever he pleases. When I will be teaching you the message titled Sovereignty of God, I will teach you three things, or maybe four things, that you need to do concerning any situation in your life. Listen, once you've done those things, go to bed. Whatever the outcome, rejoice. Give me the scripture yet again. Bible says that they saw them from afar. They rejoiced at them. Not because they received the promise. It's not because of that. But when we begin to limit everything about our lives and about our walk with God to this terrestrial place, to this earth, you know what happens? Like I said earlier on, we begin to judge our faith walk. God's ability to answer our prayers by the things our eyes can see. Meanwhile, Bible teaches us. It says, if only in this earth you have hope as a believer. It says, you're of all men most miserable. It should be the most pitied. Paul speaking says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He says, it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes. To the Jew first, then to the Gentiles. Listen, you know, on Sunday, I still teach you all. You see, I still teach you all, I still taught you. Correct me. It's taught. Ah, so you are correcting your pastor. Ah, no. You want to lay hands on me now? Okay. You know, I used to have a professor daughter in this church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You understand what I'm saying now? I still taught on Sunday three things. Three things that you need to settle in your heart as a believer. Since you corrected me, tell me those three things. Yeah? Okay, clap for her. Clap for her. She's smart. The fear of death, the fear of not being loved, the fear of lack. So when you begin to act as though everything starts and ends on this side, something is already wrong somewhere. Faith is believing it, not having seen it. Faith is tested, not when we lay hold on it. 
faith is tested when we haven't seen it. That's the proof. It says the journey. Give me that scripture yet again. Please, let's be fast. It says they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Do you want to give me the next verse? And maybe I'll wrap it up with that. It says, for those who say such things, declare plainly that they seek a homeland. So, please come, my daughter, come. So, these guys were just walking. They were doing the things that they were doing for God. Walking with God. Believing in God. Having faith in everything that God says. With a content assurance that whether their eyes see it or their eyes do not see it, God is still God. And where they were was temporal. Celebrate Jesus if you may. He says, he says, for those who say such things, they declare plainly that they seek a homeland. Look at the next verse. Give me the next verse, please. He says, and truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have, they would have had opportunity to return. Move on, please. But now, they desire better. That is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. A city for them. Because they had faith. Lift up your right hand up unto heaven. And pray, Father, strengthen my faith. My resolve in you. You can also pray, Lord, open the eyes of my spirit. That I may see as you see. You can also pray, Lord, help me. That I will know that this place which I am, that this side which I am, is temporal. Help me, Lord Jesus, to always remember that there is a greater place for me. There is a home for me. Help me to always call to remembrance that there is a place already prepared for me. In Jesus' mighty name. I'd like to lead someone to Christ. And I'm not doing this, you know, in form of a ritual. It's because I truly desire that you be led to Jesus. Jesus' resurrection changed our position. Translated us from death into life. What saves us is grace. Ephesians number 2 from verse number 8. He says by faith. So how we get saved is that faith is imputed in us by God himself. Then grace saved us. He says for by grace, for by faith rather, ye have been saved through grace. All eyes closed, all eyes bowed. Declare tonight if you're not saved. The Lord saved me by grace tonight. Save me by your grace tonight. For by grace ye have been saved through faith. We're teaching the doctrine of faith. You've heard. I didn't complete it. Maybe I'll finish it next week. Some of these men, the exploits that they did. 
and how they moved with God. All eyes closed, all eyes bowed. If you're not safe, please say this after me. Dear Father, I thank you for your word that has gone forth to me tonight. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Jesus, I worship you. I thank you for choosing to take the fall for me, for dying for my sake. I repent of my sins tonight, confessing you as my Lord and my Savior. Please save me. Keep me in your warm embrace. Make me yours forever. I declare from this moment, you are my Lord. And I will be your son in Jesus' name. You know how I receive the word right now for someone under the sound of my voice. The Lord wants me to say to someone to trust him more. Or trust him again. You've lost it. You know, you seem to be trusting, but in actual fact, you're not trusting. It has become, if it happens, it happens. That's not faith. Faith is, God will make it happen. That's faith. Faith is not, if it happens, it happens. If it does not happen, it does not happen. That's not faith. Faith is, I believe God is able to do it. Mark 11, 22 down to 25. If you have faith like that of a mustard seed and you say to this mountain, be thou be lifted up and be cast into the sea. If you have faith in your heart and know that, it will obey you. Faith is now. I'm repeating it yet again. That word is for someone. And that person is under the sound of my voice. And as I'm speaking right now, you know it's for you. In Jesus' mighty name, let the spirit of the Lord convict you. If this word is just in Jesus' name, let the eyes of your spirit be opened and let the Lord minister to you that this word is yours. And the Lord says to me to say to you that if you trust more, if you have faith, don't abandon the project. That's faithlessness. I've tried. It's not working. I'm going to dump it. I'm not going to near it again. No. Have faith. Persevere. Go more. Go harder. Every time, talk to your father about it. Lord, I know you will do this. And I'm not giving up. If you will do, in no distant time, you will come around for testimony. In the, I thought someone would say amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Your testimony shall be video recorded. So that this part can be cut off and be added to your testimony. And you can say, I was in that service. Maybe you were watching online or here. When pastor gave that word that God wanted me to trust more. I knew it was for me. I held on to it. Father, in the name of Jesus, as this person has a change of mind. And chooses to trust you more. Do for them what you do for those who trust you. In the mighty name of Jesus. We give you praise, Abba Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you. We honor you and we celebrate you.